stopping this team. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome to the Full Court Press, everybody. I'm Ajay Salveson. So grateful to have you guys joining us wherever you're and however you're doing. So here on 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, 1069thefan.com, and the 1069thefan mobile app. Big day for the Utah Jazz. Game one tonight, 8 o'clock at Mountain Time. And we'll be without the services of Mike Conley. He's absent tonight due to his hamstring issues. It continues to linger him. Uh, we'll get into what Quinn Snyder said about that and just adjusting to not having Mike Conley in the lineup and how you handle that with game planning and such. So we'll get into that in a little bit more. How about the Nuggets last night getting crushed by the Suns, but in the next day, Jokic is rewarded. He's going to be, as you heard at the top of the hour, named the MVP of the 2020-2021 basketball season for the National Basketball Association. At least one award left, and that would be the Defensive Player of the Year. Right now, it is favored to be a runaway for Rudy Gobert, but that is not official as of yet, so we're still waiting to hear. I'm actually kind of surprised. That we, that we got coach of the year and player of the year before we even got to our defensive player of the year. Like, I, I didn't know the defensive player of the year was so important all of a sudden. It didn't make any sense to me. But nonetheless, Jokic will be named the MVP. Uh, rightfully so. I don't think there was a lot of question, uh, at least within the second half of the season, that Jokic wouldn't be the guy. Uh, and so... Uh, great season, great regular season for Jokic. Uh, he had a decent first round playoff, but boy, they they got smacked around by the Phoenix Suns last night in uh, pretty embarrassing fashion as well. Hey, uh, we want you to be a part of the show, so let's have you text into our text line, our Gil Mortgage text line. That is at four three five three three nine zero three two one. Again, four three five three three nine zero three two one. Don't forget, Gil Mortgage, along with Karen Nilton, have been serving Cash Valley for twenty plus years. The Karen Nilsson team at Gill Mortgage has extensive experience, wide-ranging knowledge, and overwhelming dedication towards their customers. You can call Gill Mortgage at 435-294-2480. Again, our Gill Mortgage text line, 435-339-0321. So happy to have you guys joining us, however and wherever you're doing so. We look forward to hearing from you uh, in regards to questions about the Utah Jazz, questions about what this lineup's going to look like, questions about your concerns of, of uh, no Mike Conley. I hope we are on the air. Uh, uh, says we're on the air. Is our thinker not on? Is that light not on out there? Yeah, the light's not on out there. Really? Oh, just got a text in. Uh, 5308, do you think that Chris Paul could have been a contender for the MVP? Uh, Jokic, by the way, is going to be announced as the national, uh, or excuse me, the NBA MVP for this season. Uh, Eric, I, I've got to ask you, though. Is it kind of weird that... Like your coach of the year and your MVP of the year got announced before the defensive player of the year. Yeah, I think it's. I think usually don't you hold out the MVP till like near the, the last, end, right? Like the very end. Yeah, like like so usually you it goes, build up to the so who it was go the most valuable player, six man most improved defensive player of the year, coach of the year, and then your NBA MVP. This year, like. I don't know if there's like a vote count and they're having troubles with the vote count because well, they didn't do anything last week. Yeah, now we're throwing a bunch in this week. So. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. (laughs) 
But uh, uh, Erica, do you think that Chris Paul, as five three zero eight or excuse me five three zero eight asked, could have been a contender for the MVP? I'll say yes. I absolutely. I mean, I mean, look, the guy helped lead the Suns to the second best record in the league. Um, at his age and what he's doing, it's it's pretty. If it was LeBron James, he's your runaway MVP. But because it's Chris Paul, it's different. So the the finalists were. Uh, Nicole Jokic, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, and Joel Embiid, wasn't it? Oh, that's right, Joel Embiid. I, I think that I think it's highway robbery that that he's not in there. That Chris Paul wasn't a finalist. Yeah. <sighs> Come on, Eric. I mean, who does he, he bump it, out? Is finalist or your top? Joel Embiid. Uh, he had a heck of a year. Chris Paul just took a team from eight zero in the bubble, and missed a playoff to second place in the league. Let's give the guys a little bit of credit here. The 76ers were one of the top teams of the East. Consistently. The Suns had the second best record in the league. And Okay, the Sixers okay, were great can, in the East, but guess you what? Can make an That's argument the Eastern that Conference, man. Chris Paul may not be the best player on his own team. Chris Paul. But Devin Booker may be a more valuable player than Chris Paul is. Devin Booker is a more of a scoring threat. Scores more points per game. It's a tough cover defensively. So I think that you can make a, a pretty interesting argument that perhaps Chris Paul isn't necessarily even the best player on his own team. Now, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. <laughs> but I could see that some people could say, could look at that and think, okay, right, but... Joel Embiid had a great year. Differences uh, that maybe would give, in my mind, Chris Paul maybe a slight edge over Embiid is availability. Yeah, I was going to say because Chris from Paul Joel was Embiid. available for more games than, than Embiid, Embiid was. was. Yeah, I, I think that there should be some criteria, and I don't know what it is. If you've missed ten percent, twenty percent of the games, you can't be, you shouldn't be in consideration for an MVP. Yeah. Or any of those other awards that get handed out. Yeah, I'm with you. Because I think being available means a lot. Being able to impact the game, it you mean what were you for this? It, it's in a season award. It's not who was the best in the first third. Who was the best for half of the season? It's who was the best for the year? Yeah, I. Again, I think Chris Paul was pretty phenomenal throughout the year. Look, I, I'm not saying he wins it. I, I'm in no way saying he wins it. Jokic is your guy. I've been saying that for a while. But Chris Paul not being a contender, come on. And Steph Curry? Eric, Steph Curry was a finalist. Yes. Are you okay with that over Chris Paul? Yes. You gotta be I don't... I'm sorry. I, Steph Curry and their team had to make a playing game and then... Didn't make the playoffs. Chris Paul took his team from being eight zero in the bubble and then missing the playoffs to being but the second best team in the league. Who did he have to help him? With? Who did okay, who did so, Steph Curry have to help him? Draymond Green. Uh, who again, he, not very available all the time. The Wiseman guy. Uh, again, he, not very, especially not near the end. Okay, Chris Paul at his age led the Suns to the second best record in the league. Okay, so then you know, what, Eric, let's just do this. Best turnaround year is your MVP. Okay. Like, like again, it, it, well, actually, no, I'll, I'll call it this way. We'll say, the less you have, the better you are. Should we? Should we just call it that? The MVP 
is defined by how little you have and how well you do with how little you well, have. Well, that's why that award is always so subjective. What does that mean, most valuable player? Most valuable, most important player to your team? Does it mean, that, like, if you're not there, what does that team look like in your absence? Is it who is the best overall player, most well-rounded player? Who's the top scorer in the league? So there's a lot of different ways to look at it. It's a very subjective award because some years I think it means something different because there have been years where there are guys who score more per game than LeBron James, but there'll be a lot of people who would say, look, but LeBron James is the most impactful player when he's on the court because of what it is offensively and defensively, how he sets up and helps his teammates. But, it's that's kind of what's frustrating about the MVP award, but also what I think is is fun about the award. That's what I'm what makes it fun because we can have different perspectives and different considerations. Eric, I do got to ask you as well with with the thought of that. Um, do we feel like we are maybe getting out of touch with the MVP award or even the Coach of the Year award? Like the Coach of the Year award is really like uh, is is your best turnaround team. What the Knicks did, okay, well, Tibbs is the coach of the year. What the Suns did, well, okay, well, he's a second-place coach. Though Quinn Snyder has the best record in the league with his squad, despite dealing with injuries throughout the year, he's third place, a distant third. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, that, again, that's another subjective category. Like, is it uh, like who had the best team? Who was the, Which coach did the best in their job? Yeah. Uh, which coach got their team to you know, exceed expectations? And is Tibbs that's won- another way that we're looking at and it? Is Thibodeau wins it? Great. That's fine. I, I, I get it. Whatever. But to have Quinn Snyder be that low in third place really bothers me a I, I lot. agree with that. I, I just I thought that was kind of embarrassing, quite frankly. It is. 9463 says it really should be called Player of the Year Award. The word value just throws a wrench in it all. Yeah, it can. Like, where were the Lakers when uh, LeBron James was out of the lineup? Yeah. They dropped like a rock. Did they, though? They were a top three team. And then he gets hurt. Dude, they still stayed at like 500, though. With I mean, with the timeout, with LeBron being out, in that time, the Lakers were 500 in play. Which is barely enough to get you into the play-in. If you're a 500 team, you're in the play-in tournament. So with the coach, it's the same thing. Like, look what the Suns did. They were not a playoff team last year. And then this year, and there were times where they were battling for the number one overall record in the entire NBA. They went from non-playoff to second best record in the NBA. Tom Thibodeau took a team that was a non-playoff team and been mired in mediocrity for a long time and made them a competitive home court advantage team in the Eastern Eastern Conference. But Quinn Snyder, who almost wire to wire, had the best team in the NBA, all of the NBA. And he's a distant third? Yeah. I mean, it's when not stretches even close with to... Donovan Mitchell out for a month, month yep. and a half. Mike Conley. Mike Conley out for big stretches. Uh, Joe Ingles went out for out. a stretch. Jordan, Jordan Clarkson, Clarkson was, was out for a time. Yeah. 
And there's like no recognition at all for what he did. Yeah. That that's frustrating. That's embarrassing. Yeah, it's, and it's got to kind of. I, I hope the team, the, the like, organization, a little bit. I would hope that the team in that organization sees that as a big chip on their shoulder of disrespect. If there's if they don't have enough already, with all the national quote unquote experts saying, "Oh, this is going to be Clippers and six. Yeah, or Clippers and five too. There's a couple of them. Then this Jazz team should see this as a big show of disrespect to what they are and, and who Coach Quinn Snyder is and go show everybody out what they uh, what they really are and win some games. Actually, more on that in just a bit. By the way, Dan, Force Cl- the respect. Dan Clayton of Salt City Hoops will join us at 5.05 today to break down the Clippers Jazz tonight. Again, 8 o'clock uh, is uh, set for tip-off uh, tonight with the uh, Clippers and Jazz. That's on TNT. Atlanta and Philadelphia is also on TNT. That game's at 5.30. Are we going to see a different 76ers team tonight? Uh, better. Yeah. No. I mean, that, it was a close game. I mean, it wasn't like they were just laid over like Milwaukee. This was a 26-point lead, and because Atlanta couldn't take care of the ball in the final five minutes, Philadelphia was able to chop into it. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and, and by the way, Joel B played really well, and they still lost. Yeah. I think the big thing will be, what does Philadelphia look like defensively? Because they, they couldn't guard anybody. Um, and I think they, that is a team that does take a little bit more pride in how they play defense. So tonight, I, I think it'll be more of a defensive battle from Philadelphia. If not, it's going to be a shorter series than any of us yeah, thought of, yeah. and not in the right, not way. In the right way. Yeah, no either. one even thought. And by the way, if <laughs> if Philadelphia doesn't win this series versus Atlanta, you got to have major hall changes. This is just unacceptable. To be one of the one of, if not the best team in the East, underneath the Nets, uh, and to have this kind of talent on this team with this kind of a coaching staff, Doc Rivers as your head coach, and you go and you if if they were lose to series to the Hawks, you have to rethink everything. I mean everything, because you just can't let that happen. Well, I, I think that I don't know that they're going to have wholesale changes because Doc Rivers hasn't been there for too long. Yeah, but Ben but has my, Joel Embiid. But the the shadow that casts on Doc Rivers as a head coach. Oh yeah, sure. Well, even on Ben Simmons, on Joel Embiid, they can't win in the playoffs. They can win. They're, they're a regular season team. It's like the Atlanta Falcons of the NFL, <laughs> the Atlanta Braves of the MLB. Well, the Atlanta Hawks from a few years back with yeah Mike Budenholzer. That's true. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we're going to get to some other games as well. Again, we'll, we'll break down a little bit more on the Atlanta-Philadelphia game. We'll look at that and preview it. Dan Clayton again at 5.05. If you want to text into the show, 435-339-0321. Hey, can we recap uh, last night's uh, blunders for a couple of teams? Brooklyn Nets final score, 125-86. They now lead this series two games to none without James Harden. Blake Griffin was okay, but Kevin Durant, 12 of 18 from the field, Eric, 4-6 from three. In 33 minutes, he had 32 points, six assists, one steal, one block, uh, and four boards. Uh, Harris had 13. Uh, Brett Brown or Brent Brown, excuse me, had 13. Kyrie Irving had 22 on nine to 17 shooting. They only had one guy in double figures off the bench. Uh, and for the Bucks, it was just it was bad. Tucker only had two points. Giannis had 18 on eight of 15 shooting. Middleton was not great, seven to 20, 17, 17 points. Uh, Lopez had 10. Holiday had 13. This is a massacre, Eric. This is this is an obliteration of right. the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I mean, you have James Harden go out within like the first minute. Yeah. 
And if you're Milwaukee, you should be looking your chops like, okay, let's, we don't, you never want somebody to get hurt. But if you have somebody, a star that's out, you should be thinking, okay, we're going to attack them. Have some confidence right. in yourself. Let's get something done. It was a, it was a blowout. It's a bloodbath. Yeah, this is, this is ridiculous. Eric. Never it, at any point in the game did Milwaukee look like they were going to have a respectable no. run. Dude, in fact, after the first quarter, it looked like Milwaukee just quit. They were down 36-19 after, after one quarter. Uh, they were down 55 what? I mean, they were down 55-41, or excuse me, 55-61, at half. Uh, and then Brooklyn scored 30-30 and 30 in the third and fourth quarter. They scored 60 points in the second half. That zero defense for Milwaukee. What, uh, they, what nobody is can going get a on shot going. What is going on in Milwaukee, Eric? I don't get this. I don't either. I, I, I think that it's... Um, I think it's more of a function of the head coach than anything. He has a pattern of having this happen to him. Talk about Doc Rivers. We we back on Doc Rivers, but Boone Holzer has, has a and similar he's going track to be record. Hearing a lot of murmuring and complaints and some backbiting here. Right. After I mean, the they fell season. apart against Miami last year in the bubble. They Nobody sure saw that coming. Yeah. And we thought, okay, maybe this year they are they are the uh, the hunter, not the hunted. Maybe that'll make the difference for them. Eric, they lost Not by yet. they lost by thirty nine points to Brooklyn. Thirty nine points. And in in game one, they lost by what eight? I guess they lost by eight. One fifteen, one oh seven. I don't think the game was that close though. Okay, well, here's an interesting stat to look at when the this game. Look at these two teams, Brooklyn okay. and Milwaukee. Um Brooklyn had twenty seven assists. And, and and team assists compared to Milwaukee, fourteen. So Milwaukee was just doing a lot of one on one. I'm not going to share the ball. We're just going to try to do everything by ourselves. A bunch of guys just really struggled shooting. Nobody had a good shooting night, but nobody was helping each other out. Yeah, either. nobody was helping each other out. I would agree with that. One twenty five eighty six is your final score. That just blows me away. I mean, Durant and Irving each had six assists. It's, so when your stars are not only scoring the ball, but actually also setting other guys up, it makes a big difference. Nobody from Milwaukee had more than four assists. Hey, there is good news for the Bucks. Sam Merrill played. Here's bad news for the Bucks. Sam Merrill didn't score. <laughs> six minutes, 0-2 from the field, 0-1 from deep. Uh, he finished with a measly minus one. Uh, but, yeah, this is, this is a problem. And I just, Pat Connington, you know, 14 points, only shot one shot. Um, again, Milton was not good. This thing's over in four, right? I mean, if that isn't devastating enough for you, without James Harden, they still beat you by 39 points. I think Milwaukee still gets one at you home. I, I did at first, but man, I'm starting to really wonder three anymore. Depending plays out, <laughs> it might be to bring out the brooms, but I'm really, really surprised at how bad Milwaukee's looked in these first two games in the series. I just saw your retweet of Nikola Jokic <laughs> by the not Bill Walton account. Yes. Dude, that's nuts that it's him. He looks like a big fat kid just I'll sitting there me. wanting more. Uh, give me more donuts. Bring me some more pie. I'm waiting for my time. <laughs> Get some pie in me. <laughs> Seriously, though. Like, look. Dude, that guy's your NBA MVP. Yeah. 
That's unreal. He's got some man boobs. He's got his shirt off. <laughs> okay, so I, rolls. I didn't know if we were allowed to say that, but I was about to say, I was like, man, I just look at those man boobs. And I mean, I mean, he's like, what? He's like the fat kid on Little Giants, right? The one who stuffs the PB and J inside his helmet. How do you think helmet? he is in that picture? Oh, he's got to be like 12. Uh, I'd say he's probably like 14, 15. Dude, if, they, if he's 14 or 15 in that photo... Keto diet must work for everybody then, because I don't know how in the world he looks the way he looks now. Well, he was he was kind of hefty uh, until uh, the the COVID break, and then when he he uh, lost weight, trimmed up, going to the bubble, and he's kept it off. So what? He was just skipping the food entirely. I, he just went to a different like no hot meals for me. I don't know what he did during the break, but uh, he he slimmed up. <laughs> that just is mind-boggling. Uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, Kevin Durant, I guess, said something to the fact that Jay Williams, as Jay Williams had told a story that Kevin Durant told him, don't ever compare me to Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually. Yeah, Kevin Durant's much better than Giannis ever will be. Uh, by the way, Game 3 for the Bucks in next series will be on... Two days from now? Yeah. So Thursday. I don't know what time. They only have times for these games. Oh, it's because it's game three, though, huh? That's why. All right. 125-86, Brooklyn beats uh, Denver, or Brooklyn beats Milwaukee. On the other hand, game one of the Western Conference semifinal series between the Suns and Nuggets goes towards the Suns, 122-105. Uh, Phoenix ran away with this one uh, in the third quarter, outscoring the uh, Nuggets by 10. And then outscored him by eight in the uh, fourth. Aaron Gordon had 18. Porter Jr. was good with 15. Jokic had 22. Compazzo had 14. And they still lost by 17 points, Eric. Yeah, the starters for Denver played well. Gordon, probably one of his better playoff games that he's done for Denver. Um, but uh, no, no, not really much help off the bench. No, if any. And, and then on the flip side, Phoenix, yeah, almost every go. starter there was 20 points or more. Yep. Uh, Crowder had 14. Crowder had 14, man. Bridges had 23. Uh, Aiton had 20. Aiton was really good last night. Chris Paul had 21 and 11 assists. And Booker had 21 as well. Uh, Paul went 8 of 14. Booker went 8 of 12. That's consistent, man. That's consistency. It's, where, it's, it's what you want out of those two guys. Yeah. Uh, and we... You know, talking about the Brooklyn series, Brooklyn had 27 assists compared to Milwaukee's 14. Uh, Phoenix had 30 assists. Denver had 26. Uh, those are teams who share the ball and help each other out. Milwaukee, total abomination that you only have 14 <laughs> assists. You wonder why they lost yeah. by nearly 40 points. This That was not team basketball. Uh, right. But, you know, great first half. It was anybody's game yeah. at halftime. It was competitive. And then Phoenix just, uh, you know, they had... That was a hard thing for Denver is trying to pick your poison because they had so many different guys who had moments where they were they were bringing the heat, making plays, scoring buckets. And uh, you, know, you got four guys at 20 points or more. That's a tough team to beat. And Crowder, you know, slouch, 14 points, five boards, and and one assist. So, that you know, we talk about Aiton. I think he doesn't get talked about enough. No. He's a young guy that's and been growing up Jokic a lot. And he gave Jokic all sorts of problems last night. He had a double-double, 20 points, 10 boards, had a steal. Um, 
You know, he's he's growing up and maturing and playing good basketball. Yeah, yeah I thought he really came alive. I, I mean, look, Jokic still got what he needed to get. I mean, that was 22 points, nine boards, three assists. But in the most part, just the physicality, Denver couldn't handle it. In fact, Mike Malone once again said about his team, we were soft mentally versus Phoenix. We were soft mentally. Something you don't hear a lot about the Denver Nuggets, uh, at least from a Mike Malone coach team, but here we are, 122-105. Game one goes to Phoenix. Game two is also tomorrow. I don't know what time that is tomorrow, but uh, game two is tomorrow for the uh, Nuggets and Suns. Hey, on our uh, Guild Mortgage text line, yeah. uh, 9463 texts in, I completely understand the Budenholzer slander, but I've never understood the Doc Rivers slander. Two finals consistently in the second round or further in the playoffs. Always has to deal with the most dramatic players. Isn't that a better resume than Jerry Sloan? Oh. Ooh. Absolutely. Here's the thing about Doc Rivers. I'll say yes to his that. So Doc Rivers, those finals appearances early in his career with a super team. Since then, he's never been past the second round. Okay, but how many times did Jerry Sloan get past the second round? Jerry's been in more Western Conference Finals. It's because he coached longer, too. I mean, they were, they're were in the Western... Actually, has he been in more Western Conference Finals? I'll have to look this up. Because I don't... It's got to be close to being the same. Because he took Darren and Carlos Boozer, that crew there... Once. 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 He took uh, Malone and Stockton and Malone there a couple times before he eventually got through... To the NBA Finals. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, they've been there one, two, three. I want to say, looks like it's six. Because they went in 96, 97, and then the next year as well, they won up both times. Uh, and then went in 06, 07, when they lost to... The Spurs in four games. And then there's a couple years. They went to the second round. They faced Golden State. They lost in the second round. Portland, they lost in the second round. Houston, they faced in the Western Conference Finals. So that's four. I have four. Total. And Doc went there in 07-08. He went there in... Uh, see, in 2009-10 when they played the Lakers and again in the NBA Finals, so that's twice. He went there when they played Miami Heat once, and he also played the Magic. So he's been there like five times. So yeah, you know what? And and be very honest with you, I would take Doc Rivers' resume over Jerry Sloan. Absolutely, unless he has a ring. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, and he's been to the same he's been to what the same amount of NBA finals and he has a ring out of it uh he went one and one versus Kobe I, yeah I take his resume over Jerry Sloan wins are nice rings are better come on you know I'm right you know nine four six three is right I don't know about that you oh man well, I think this is his chance to say to to prove uh, was it just a product of ownership and culture in L.A. that prevented him from going any further than he did, or is it this is who Doc Rivers is? 
good regular season coach, but when the pressure gets tight later in the playoffs, it uh, it gets tough unless he has a super team. Don't tell me he didn't have a super team that we talk about Ty Lue and his coaching resume, and it was most. It was was it the players what they were doing or was it the coach what he was doing? Okay. What do I'll, we do with the Doc I'll Rivers give in the you, same scenario? I'll give you 0708, the NBA Finals winning year, uh, the one they won. Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. I'll give you that one. Everything else was like past peak, past prime, Kevin Garnett all aging. Paul Pierce was aging. Ray Allen was not ever healthy. I mean, we're going past that, and he still won games. By the way, and he won games more credit to his bench than he did his starters, with the exception of Allen Garnett and Pierce. His bench was not as good as Tyrone Lue's bench. Tyrone Lue's been riding the coattails of LeBron James, turned around, and now is riding the coattails of Kawhi Leonard as a head coach. You might as well say Steve Kerr has a greater resume than Jerry Sloan because he has, yeah, 9463. I think the correct answer would be that you'd rather have Jerry Sloan as your coach, but I think Doc has the better team. Better resume. Better. Oh, sorry. Better resume. Sorry. I read that wrong. It looked like I said team, I swear. <laughs> resume, <laughs> team. I could see how you'd be confused. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Shut up. <laughs> okay, let me ask you. So, wait, what's the difference between having, like, wanting Jerry Sloan as your coach, but Doc having the better resume? So. Jerry's a better coach, but Doc can win with his teams. Doc is a celebrity coach. Where And what I mean by that is teams with high-profile players, they will lobby to have him as their head coach. Jerry Sloan was not a celebrity coach. Nobody, Not very many people were lobbying to have Jerry Sloan as their coach. But once you got into the jazz system, it ran very well. And he won a lot of games doing it. But Doc can be unemployed for 30 seconds and already have another job offer. So he he's get, a good coach. He lands in, in high-profile situations where they think that he will step in and, and do good things for them. All right, uh, we got to get to a break. Uh, we'll come back more with uh, some NBA basketball, Utah Jazz, of course. Again, Clippers tonight. We'll get with Dan Clayton of 505. Uh, we're going to listen to some Quinn Snyder audio. He met with the press today to talk about the Mike Conley situation, game planning without Mike Conley, and what the rotation could or would not look like. He did not get specific, to be honest with you. But we'll hear from Mike, uh, or excuse me, we'll hear from uh, Quinn Snyder a little bit. We'll also have the stat that blew our mind in our player of the week. It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press on 1069 The Fan. This is the herd. The winner in this is also Colin Cowherd. Aaron has 17 fourth quarter wins. Oh, Colin, that's because they don't trail much. Neither does Russell Wilson, and he's got 35% more than Aaron. Joe Flacco has more than Aaron. Andy Dalton has more than Aaron. Aaron is not a foxhole guy. He sours very quickly. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Imagine your wedding day 
Elegant, simple yet stunning, stress-free. It's your day. It's all about you. Whether you want small and simple or a little more, the Riverwoods Conference Center will accommodate your every need. Choose the inside ballroom elegance or outside along the beautiful Logan River. A Riverwoods event planner works personally with you to make sure your event is exactly how you've envisioned it. And you can rest assured the Riverwoods Conference Center is following every guideline from the CDC and Health Department. Google Riverwoods Conference center or call 750-5151. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Utah knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love? If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Utah needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press, June 8th, Jazz Clippers tonight, Game 1. No Mike Conley for the Utah Jazz. Alex Ahami. And no Serge Ibaka for the Clippers. He didn't even travel with the team. So he's out for games, for Game 1 for sure, most likely Game 2 as well. We don't know what the extension or the extensive news is on, on Mike Conley or what that's going to look like, but boy, that could... Shake up some things. And, and here's a couple reasons why I'm last Dan Clayton Moore here at 505 from Salt City Hoops. But Mike Conley gets you into your offense and gets guys into the right spots immediately. It, it, it takes no time. I'm not saying Joe Ingles can't do that. But what I am saying is it's not as smooth. It's not a smooth ran. And also it shortens your bench by a lot, which Quinn already does because it's the playoffs. And a lot of coaches, I mean, they cut their bench really, really tight. And you saw that, like, George Yang, um, uh, Ingles, and Clarkson and Favors were your main bench guys, and that was about it. You saw Trent Forrest get on a little bit during Memphis, and you might even see Trent Forrest tonight versus the Clippers, but that's going to be overwhelming. You think about what the lineup's going to look like for uh, for what uh, it's going to be like for the Clippers. I mean, you got Reggie Jackson, an experienced point guard. Kawhi Leonard's a veteran. Paul George is a veteran. Uh, it's it's going to be a nightmare for the Utah Jazz you know, in, in, in some ways. But if they can counter with good defense tonight and give the chance, just mean you can give the Jazz a chance tonight. 5338 text into the Gilmore's text line. Hey, Kawhi, don't forget about your beet juice. Signed Brian Dutcher. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, Brian Dutcher has that beet juice theory going. He uh, has the guys drink, I think it's a bottle before they get on the or see the bottle when they get on the plane in California and it's a bottle when they get off the plane in Utah I believe is what uh, is what it is which is nuts that's 
weird. But hey, I mean, I guess if beet juice works, then by all means, that can't be good. I don't know if you've, any of you ever had beet juice, but that can't be good. That's got to be so gross. I hate grape juice. I really hate grape juice. I can't imagine how bad beet juice would be. It's got to be incredibly just disgusting. No one wants that. Uh, all right, again, for like the 500th time, Jazz Clippers tonight, that's on TNT, 530 of the Atlanta-Philadelphia game. And here's the other thing about that Atlanta-Philadelphia game, if I might, just for just a minute here. Um, Trey Young is really coming into his own as a young superstar. He had 35 in game one. Joel Embiid had 39 coming out of uh, his injury issue, but Trey Young had 39. The 76ers had went 31 and 11 against Eastern Conference opponents. 48 and 15 in games when scoring more than 100 points. Yet the Hawks lead this series 1 0 in a 128-124 win in game one, which really, I mean, it was a 26 point lead for the Hawks. Then things got chaotic. They couldn't take care of the ball, uh, you know, made bad decisions, took some bad shots, uh, and then, I mean, let the Sixers right back into it. But Embiid's going to have to be Embiid tonight. Tobias Harris is going to have to be good. He's been averaging around 29.5 points, 7.5 boards, shooting 44%. He's going to have to be good. Uh, Trey Young is going to have to continue to get guys involved. Uh, with Bogdanovich, 16.5 points, 4.5 boards. He's shooting 42%. I, I know it sounds crazy, but part of me says, dude, give the Hawks a chance tonight in Game 2. That's... Sounds bonkers, but that's kind of where I'm at right now with with this series. Like, if they can get game one, they did their job. You you got game one out of a two-game home series for the Sixers. If you lose tonight, so what? You're going to Atlanta for two. By the way, speaking of home, how about the Suns' atmosphere last night versus the Nuggets? That was just awesome. Like, it just reminded you of 90s basketball when the Suns were really good, or even 06 when the Suns were really good. Well, it's just... It's just fun having crowds at games again. Oh, my gosh. I missed it. It's so good. I missed it, man. I didn't so realize good. how much I'd miss it either. No. I mean, we'd watch games and think, oh, yeah, that's home. You know, that team has good home court. That crowd gets into whatever. They have these whatever traditions. But you wouldn't think that much about it. Um, and maybe every now and then that's a good loud crowd or that's just a I'm just there to be seen crowd, especially if you're in Los Angeles. Um, sometimes New York, but, uh, but man, having people back, having the opportunity to come back, it's like, everybody's so juiced, it makes these games so fun to watch. Hey, by the way, speaking of keeping it loud and keeping it lit, here's Jordan Clarkson talking to the press today about having home fans at Veterans from Home Arena tonight in a capacity crowd. Definitely. You know, it's always love when, uh, we get more people in their stands in that arena, you know, it's been super loud uh the first two games and then you know finishing the series here uh against memphis uh last game you know that's an experience that uh feel like a lot of the young guys will never forget and i know it's an experience that i'll never forget so uh let's keep it loud let's keep it lit and uh let's go get this win uh by the way a little bit more on jordan clark and quinn snyder here but <laughs> um did you uh, and we're gonna hear from Quinn Snyder just more about Mike Conley? But did you hear what he had to say about the whole Clippers tanking to get the Jazz? No. <laughs> uh, Jordan Clarkson, uh, first of all, on if the Clippers were targeting a matchup with the Jazz, he said, "Quote: 
if they were losing games trying to come play us, that's the fate they chose. We're gonna come out and we're gonna come out there and we're gonna lace them up. End quote. Quinn Snyder on that same uh, situation of the uh, Utah Jazz uh, getting the Clippers because the Clippers tanked two games in the regular season. Quote, obviously we're a matchup that the Clippers felt was advantageous to them. There's, I think there's a little bit of, of snarkiness to it because they're like, oh, we want the Jazz in the second round. We want to avoid the Lakers. Well, the Lakers aren't in it anymore, so you don't have to worry about that. And now you got to face the Jazz, which could be a bigger problem now because, yeah, and I think that's Quinn's, I mean, Quinn's not a bulletin board material guy, at least not that we know of, but I think there's a little bit of a, a, a hit behind that message of, Dude, look, the Clippers wanted you, and they got you. So make them regret it, which is, I'm all for. Absolutely all for. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Me too. Absolutely me too. And I'm excited. It's a capacity crowd tonight, right? Like, it's it's open. Is it all the way open? It is. I believe so, yes. Well, I heard that they were selling standing room only, so I figured that yeah. must mean all the seats are taken. Yeah, and so from what I've seen, it's, uh, it's completely open for uh, fans to attend. Uh, I believe mask will be tested or strongly recommended. Yeah, I don't know. I guess there were a lot of people not wearing masks in that Phoenix game. Oh, that's Arizona. You can do it. But it's Arizona, so who knows? I don't know. How much does home court advantage matter here? I mean, with the the incredible amount of talent that the Clippers have, how much does home court advantage actually mean? Uh, I have to think back. Was there, what was the, the home crowd like in Dallas? You recall? Uh, I mean, it was. I mean, it was something like close to what the Jazz had. I think. Okay. Yeah. I, I just. I mean, it's. You it's really not, to see any of those games. So. I mean, it's. It wasn't as loud as what the Jazz would have, but it was. I mean, it was about the same capacity, I believe. I'm not mistaken. Okay. I'm just curious because, like, uh, for the Clippers, it's not very many people there still. No, it's still empty. I mean, they still have a bunch of cardboard cutouts laced up around the like the first 10, 15 rows of the arena. Everywhere. And then you have the fans in the upper portion of the lower bowl and then in the upper uh, bowl, which is, yeah, it's crazy. There's there's still pretty tight on those restrictions. So I just, I, I kind of wonder, I mean, now it's a capacity crowd tonight. You expect it, you expect them to be loud, uh, to be raucous, but Kawhi Leonard's played in front of some pretty loud crowds. Paul George, same thing. Uh, and so I just think that experience is going to overdo what the crowd would be like or at least have any effect on on the players itself. It'll be good to have them there. It'll be good to have it loud and, you know, raucous and all that, but I just don't know how much it is an advantage anymore. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, home court, what it's going to mean. The, the the biggest thing is not so much about which has the loudest crowd, which has the, you know, the most impactful chance or, uh, you know, pregame or in-game rituals that get the team excited. The, the biggest thing is, how do those, and I've talked about this a lot, how do those fringe players play? Like your stars are going to play. They're going to they're gonna show out and they're going to play great. It's what did your, your, your so your A-class players play great. And they will at home or on the road. It's what are your B-class or your C-class players? How well do they play? Yeah. And they always play better at home. Unless you got some guy that's just like a Jay Crowder, he doesn't care like where he's playing. He's just got that attitude, and he's just going to go after you no matter where the game's being played or whatever the court looks like. And there's some guys in the league that are like that. But if you're the Utah Jazz, being at home means you're probably going to have a better outcome from Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles and George Niang, Derek Favors. So those are the guys that 
having home court advantage in a series can really mean a lot. Uh, by Dan Clayton, who we're going to have on at 505, tweeted this out. This is the same question I asked you, Eric, if that, if, you know, the whole who guards Kawhi, and if it's Royce O'Neal, I thought, oh boy. According to Dan, this year and last, when Kawhi was being guarded by Royce O'Neal, Kawhi shot 11 to 35 from the field, 4 to 13 from deep. I still think Kawhi could dominate. And by the way, I think PG's going to have himself a series. Uh, well, he it's it's also it's always a little salty between Paul George and the Utah Jazz, yeah. and wherever he's been. Yep. And with Mike Connolly out of the lineup, you'll probably see Joe Ingles in a starting role. So Joe Ingles will be guarding Paul George, and he'll be guarding him a lot. And I can't get more excited about that matchup. Fact three four two six just texted in. Can't wait to see Joe Ingles look like he's chewing Wrigley's bubble gum, and it really is Paul George's ear. And Paul George not even needing them because it's so loud he can't hear. Boy, like, and that's is I'm kind of I'm bummed out that Mike Conley's not playing. Don't get me wrong, but Joe Ingles that means Joe Ingles is going to get playing time, starting minutes, and be guarding Paul George. Yes, please. Absolutely. All day. Give me that. <laughs> Paul yes. George and Joe Good Ingles. Stuff. They, uh, they're not the best of friends. Uh, Paul George, I think, and I don't know how Paul George or how much Paul George reflects back to his you know, Oklahoma City days playing Joe Ingles and, and having that little bit of banter back and forth. But I would imagine Joe Ingles is like, hey, look, I know how to stop you. It's just getting in your head. Right, and that's, that's just me it. the biggest thing. Right, getting his head, play some head games, talk smack, get him thinking about something other than playing yeah. great basketball. Yep, I uh, like it. That that's his. Uh, that's Joe Ingles' secret weapon. I just can't wait, dude. Hey, can we? I know it's not pick six, but can we set an over under on technicals being called in this series? What would you set the line at in a in a in the series? Yeah, in the series, we don't know how many games it's going to go. That's what makes it fun. What would you set the line at for technicals? The line. I'm uh, probably say five and a half. I may be a bit aggressive, but I think it's going to be a long series. So three, four, two, six says ten. <laughs> ten. <laughs> hey, dude, that you, would be fun. But here's the thing: is what was the how many technicals were called in the Oklahoma City Jazz playoff series in eighteen? There was uh, what Quinn got one, Crowder got like three, Paul George got one, Joe Ingles got one. I think it was close to ten. <laughs> maybe. I'm not even joking. Uh, and now you think about it, five dude. Five and a half may be a little too conservative. You have Patrick Beverly. He's going to get some PT. You know it. Marcus Morris is a head case. Joe Ingles, Paul George. Donovan Mitchell might even get one for kicks and giggles. Quinn has actually been more vocal. He might get one. Tyrone Lue won't get one. Yeah, he won't get one. He's though. too soft. But his assistants will. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Did you see the message from 5338? No. Oh, yeah, I did. The Kawhi, don't forget your beet juice. Don't forget your beet juice. I just talked about that. Dude, have you ever had beet juice before? No. There's never in my life been a chance where I've thought, hmm, that looks delicious. Okay, you know I'm what? I'm going to try myself some beet yeah, juice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if someone were willing to give you $10,000, would you drink a gallon of beet juice before you got the 10000 For ten grand? Yeah. Sure, I would. I, just... I, I could use ten grand. Absolutely. We all could use 10 grand yeah. right now, Eric. Uh, 3426. How do you think I got to pay for my Lake Powell trip? 
come up with something. You gotta pay for those new glasses somehow. Uh, I know. Three, four, two, six. If it's pickled, it's okay, but straight up beet juice tastes like dirt. Okay, yeah, I wanted to know what beet juice tastes like. I need to give that a try someday. I really do. Well, why don't you go do that and just tell us about how Okay, it well, I'm gonna go taste some beet juice and I'll come back. Well, if I'm not back, you know what happened then. Full court press, we got our stat that blew our mind and our player of the week all coming up here on 106 and the fan. This, keep it on the download here, is the Dan Patrick Show. I think that they should do weight division, like boxing, heavyweight, light, heavy. If you had weight division, and let's say those over 235 pounds are in the heavyweight division, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody, probably in the world, faster than DK Metcalf at that at that song. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Doctors Blatter. Benyon and Robinette of Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat are excited to announce Ascent Aesthetics in their new Providence location next to the Bank of Utah. The staff at Ascent Aesthetics consider themselves educators first, helping you to feel confident, beautiful, and refreshed. Stop and meet the amazing staff and learn why you can trust Ascent Aesthetics with Botox, fillers, skincare, microneedling, laser hair removal, medical grade facials, and more. Go to AscentAesthetics.com. That's AscentAesthetics.com for more details. They look forward to meeting you. We all know moms rule the world, but dads are important too. Do something special for dad this Father's Day. Pick him out a watch to fit his personality from Jarek's. We feature watches by Citizen, Bolova, unique wood watches by Tree Hut, and our own one-of-a-kind custom brand Jarek's Fine Jewelry timepieces. Or maybe your dad would like a tie bar, chain, bracelet, or how about a special ring with your name engraved on the inside? Let dad know how special he is. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. Hi, this is Bob Larson with LSS Insurance. Be our guest June 17th, the third Thursday at 7 p.m. to learn all about Medicare and Social Security. Planning ahead will give you the confidence you need to make these important decisions. Come see us June 17th at 7 p.m. at our office by the North Walmart. Call 752-9493. This seminar is free. The information is extremely valuable. Call 752-9493 to RSVP as seating is limited. Wouldn't it be nice to work for a company that puts their employees first and isn't afraid to say thanks for a job well done? An employer who respects you and has no problem rewarding you with a competitive wage and benefits package? You belong with a company like 3rd Gen Machine right here in Logan. 3rd Gen Machine is hiring CNC operators, machinists, and maintenance technicians. Apply on Indeed. Just go to Indeed.com and search 3rd Gen Machine. Trust me, 3rd Gen Machine is where you want to be. Equal opportunity employer. This is Larry from Larry's Pharmacies. Often, commercial drugs don't meet individual needs. You may be allergic to fillers or dyes, need a unique strength, or something that is unavailable. Compounding medicine is how pharmacy began. I have compounded meds for over 30 years. My labs are state-of-the-art and conform to the highest standards. My highly trained staff will compound it accurately and price it fairly. If regular treatments don't work well, Call me to see if there is a better, more economical alternative we can compound for you. Stay well. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Salveson. We're talking college, right? Just yeah, college. Just oh, college. I'm taking Alex Smith all day. Nope, Tim Tebow. Alex Smith would have done what Tim know, Tebow man. did at Florida. No, I want you to watch the Tim Tebow speech. Oh my, I'm not going to sit here and watch highlight videos of You're going to be wrong. Why did you, you watch educated. highlight videos of Alex Smith then? I know what Alex well, Smith I, I know what Tim Tebow was too. Tim I Tebow is one of the greatest college players, players of all time. 
Weekdays from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, Full Court Press, Jazz Clippers tonight. Oh, boy, got a good one tonight. Mike Conley's out, but Serge Ibaka also didn't travel with the Clippers. He's out tonight, most likely for game two as well. Things could get really, really spicy in the next couple games, Eric. Right, I think the Serge Ibaka news is uh, that impacts them. Maybe not as much as the Mike Conley news impacts the Utah Jazz, but um, he's part of that second unit and a good veteran, uh, good veteran, good uh, center who can go out and hit the three, make it a little bit challenging for, for Rudy Gobert or Derek Favors. So when uh, Zubak goes down or, and takes a rest, uh, the Jazz should just attack the rim at will because the Clippers won't have anybody that's a good rim protector beyond him. Yeah, that's a good point. So attack the basket, attack the basket, attack the basket. That should be part of the MO when uh, Zubak is out. I don't know where our stats that blew our mind is our player of the week. It's gone. So I have no idea where it's at. So here, let's just get into it, right? Uh, do you have a stat that blew your mind this week, Eric? You should do, like, the cool sounders and stuff. Okay. It's a stat that blew your mind. Okay, maybe I take that back. Maybe you shouldn't do this. <laughs> Uh, here's a stat for, for me. We're talking about the, the New Jersey, New Jersey, the Brooklyn Nets. Hey, it's still this New Jersey I Nets. Know. Give them respect. And, and it's still the Delta Center. Um, <laughs> look, this is, this is a pretty incredible team, especially with one of their stars out. As a team for the playoffs, they're shooting 50-43-91. So they're 50-40-90 as a team, 50% from the field, 43% from three, 91% at the free throw line as a team. Now, you'll see some players do that, and that's impressive in and of its own right, but as a team, that's incredible. Uh, so last night, uh, the Suns shot with had three players who had 20 points on 65% or better shooting in a playoff game. It's the first time in NBA history that's happened since... May 9th, 1995, for the Phoenix Suns against the Houston Rockets. That's cool. 20 points, or at least 20-plus points on 65% or better shooting in a playoff game. Wow. Dude, they just cooked the Nuggets. That was unreal. Uh, player of the week. Player uh, For me, I, I, already, I talked about him a little bit earlier, but I continue to be impressed by his play. I thought he played really well against the Lakers when they go big. Yeah. And he played really well against, which will be the MVP, and that's DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I, I thought that he he matched Nikola Jokic um, uh, when he was on the floor, matched up directly with uh, Jokic. The Suns won those minutes by 13 points. He had 20 points and 10 rebounds last night. Um, and just think he's become a, a really huge part of their success this year. 
Doesn't get enough credit. Mine's going to be Kevin Durant. Dude, like, I mean, no James Harden. Uh, you get Kyrie Irving there, sure. But Kevin Durant is just doing whatever he wants to whoever he wants. Crossing over Giannis. He's, he's getting to the hole. He's hitting great. I mean, he's hitting, he's hitting tough jumpers, tough fadeaway shots. He is making it look silky smooth, very easy. Kevin Durant is incredible right now. I almost use this as a stat that blew my mind. 90% of his threes have been contested. He's shooting 50% Jeez. on those threes. He's insane. Three four two six had a couple of texts. We'll get in that in the second hour. Dan Clayton to start us off at 505, talking Jazz and Clippers. Like. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. In some ways, the Brooklyn Nets don't make any sense. Usually, so-called super teams need time to gel, like when LeBron first arrived in Miami. The Nets' big three of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden have barely been on the court together. And Blake Griffin only played 26 games for Brooklyn during the regular season, but somehow the Nets look like they've been playing together for years. They also showed last night they can lose a superstar and not lose a beat. Harden is out with a hamstring injury as they blew the Bucks off the court. Brooklyn's now up 2-0, which doesn't mean the series is over. But the Bucks have to worry about how they played on Monday night. They weren't even competitive. All the flaws that have limited them in previous postseasons were on full display. The series now heads to Milwaukee, and the Bucks are searching for answers. The Nets, well, they're building that kind of confidence that usually comes with a bona fide title contender. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. I recently had a chance to go outside and give my truck some much-needed TLC, so I grabbed Meguiar's new bright orange bottle, the Hybrid Ceramic Wash and Wax. Couldn't wait to try it. Has a unique two-liquid system that not only gently cleans the paint, but leaves behind their Hybrid Ceramic Wax protection with instant water-beating action. Now my truck looks good. It is dope. It's protected. Meguiar's Hybrid Ceramic Wash and Wax with advanced SIO2 technology. Meguiar's Ceramic Made Easy. Is your dad's razor older than you are? Does it belong in a museum? Well, get him something new for Father's Day. A Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor is perfect for an extra close, precise shave. The best Father's Day gift is giving dad something that he won't give himself. Top shelf grooming products. Dollar Shave Club's got you and dad. Get one now at a store near you or as part of a gift set at dollarshaveclub.com slash Patrick. That's the Elements lunch menu is full of delicious items prepared with a personal touch at an affordable price. Elements wood-fired pizzas and calzones are an excellent choice for lunch that include barbecue chicken, classic pepperoni, or the whiteout with garlic cream, parmesan, house ricotta, and fresh mozzarella. From batter to order halibut with seasoned fries to the fan favorite, Thai shrimp curry and more. Lunch at Elements is also available for takeout. Casual or professional, open Monday through Saturday for lunch and dinner. Visit theelementsrestaurant.com for reservations. Well, what shall we talk about? You're listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show. I don't like this at all for Browns. Like if I'm the Browns, I want the Texans first game this season. If I'm the Browns, I want the Broncos. I want the Giants. Like to me, that's what I, I want a game that I'm just better than the other team and maybe get a road win out of it and get in, get out, and start out one and up. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The fan. You asked, begged, and even pleaded. And the heavens heard you. KLGN Logan, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The fan. We are. 
here's what you need to know. Multiple outlets reporting that Nikola Jokic has been voted to be the NBA's most valuable player. As the 41st player selected in the 2014 draft, he becomes the lowest drafted player to be so honored as the NBA's best and official announcement is expected sometime soon. The NBA Conference semifinals get underway this hour, starting in the Eastern Conference. It's Game 2 as the Atlanta Hawks are in Philadelphia to take on the 76ers. The Hawks with a one-game-to-none series lead tip-off coming up at 7.30 Eastern Time. Game 2 tonight coming up at 10 o'clock Eastern as the Clippers are in Utah to take on the Jazz. It's the series opener in the Western Conference semifinals. Mike Conley is out for the Jazz. He re-injured his hamstring in their last game against Memphis. Serge Ibaka did not travel with Los Angeles to Salt Lake City. Full slate of Major League Baseball games tonight with eight games hitting the diamonds this hour. I'm Ralph Irvin. It's the Full Court Press. There is no stopping this team. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like... The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press, Eric France, and Roger Salves of 501. Your start time here for hour number two on a June 8th. That means we are in round two officially for the Utah Jazz. They get ready to sit, host the LA Clippers tonight, 8 o'clock TNT. No Mike Conley, no Serge Ibaka for the Clippers. What does that mean for both teams? Dan Clayton of Salt City Hoops will join us to talk about the Utah Jazz, the Clippers series, and much, much more here on the Full Court Press. Thank you for joining us, however, wherever you're doing so, for just getting into your car. Listening on the radio, for carrying us on the mobile app, thank you for doing it here on 106.9 The Fan. Uh, quickly, uh, Gil Mortgage text line is open, 435-339-0321. Again, 435-339-0321. Don't forget, Gil Mortgage will help you find the loan to fit your life. Select from hundreds of loan products tailored to your needs. I, I was just going to say, um, the impact of the Utah Jazz having more time off than the Clippers. How much of an impact does that have yeah, in this game one? That's a great question. When we looked at the end of the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs for the Jazz, we could tell like the Jazz were just kind of rusty. Memphis was in a groove. They had been like fighting to get to the playoffs, yep. to stay in the playoffs. I mean, it was just who they were, what they were doing. That was their MO. And the Jazz had this time to kind of cool their jets a little bit take some time, get work themselves back into it, and it kind of caught them. Are we going to see something similar tonight? I'm worried that we are, yeah. Or is not enough time passed, and it's the playoffs, and it's a different mindset now that they've gone through one series already? That's a great, great question, and I am really worried about that. I really am. I mean, Clippers come off a of game seven. They have some momentum. Kawhi Leonard had a great game. Paul George was really good as well. I There is some worry that they're going to come in just, you know, hey, we we've – we have plenty of rhythm right now. We're just fine. The Jazz are going to be coming off a little bit, maybe a little bit of rest. Uh, and then, again, no Mike Conley tonight. I know it's – I mean, there was no Donovan Mitchell in game one for against Memphis, but now there's no Mike Conley tonight, and that still does matter. So, no, that's a that's a great point you bring up. Because I think that – I think there is a difference here that is different from where the regular season ended and the playoffs began for Utah, that uh, it, it wasn't – as much time has passed. 
Um, and uh, I just think that this team, now that they know this is what we do to play playoff basketball, they, they've been through it now. They've been woken up a little bit. And look, the, the Clippers, they had to go seven, a full seven. And um, the, that game seven, first half was cl- not, I mean, it was kind of close. They pulled away in the third. But Dallas made a run in the fourth quarter to make it interesting, so it wasn't just a cakewalk to to seal the deal. But they had to go through more. The Clippers had to had to go through more, and they've had very short turnaround, not as much prep, uh, not as much rest. And we know how much Kawhi Leonard and Paul George like their rest. So I, I think that tonight plays a, a big advantage for Utah in that they've had a little bit more time. Unfortunately, not enough time for Mike Connolly, but. Uh, we'll see what kind of a difference that makes in the end and and how long he may be out, we don't know. Yeah, that's going to be the biggest question is how long is he out because everyone said, hey, a game seven with Dallas and Clippers means Mike Conley's back Tuesday. That's not the case. Uh, we'll hear from Quinn Snyder in a little bit. Uh, he had some things to say about uh, tonight's game and have not having Mike Conley, but let's go ahead and turn our attention to SaltCityHoops.com where Dan Clayton joins us here on the Full Court Press. Dan Clayton, how are you? And welcome to round two of the NBA playoffs. <laughs> Hey, fellas, I'm really excited. This should be some great basketball about to come at us. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I, was, I wrote today, I, I think the Jazz and Clippers, you could make the argument they're the two best teams left. They, they at least are by several regular season measures. So I just think we're going to see some great basketball, and, you know, we'll see how it unfolds, especially as you guys were just mentioning without Mike Conley for at least this first game. Let me start here. I was just reading your tweets. Again, I stalk you on Twitter like crazy, especially on game day. You, you, you've been posting some positive things about Royce O'Neal. That was my biggest concern of Royce versus Kawhi Leonard, especially the just the momentum Kawhi has right now offensively uh, after the series against Dallas. What positives do you see with Royce guarding Kawhi Leonard? Well, yeah, I mean, Kawhi is coming off uh, just an amazing series. Uh, you know, the, the Clippers were down 0-2 and then won four out of five games to advance. Um, game six and especially game seven, Kawhi was just on another planet, both as an offensive threat as well as, you know, he started to take more responsibility for guarding Luka Doncic of Dallas. So he is coming into this series in a really good place. I think, you know, the, some of the stats I, I just was tweeting about is the fact that over the last two seasons when Royce O'Neal has guarded Kawhi, um, he's allowed him just 31 points on 35 shots. Um, not a lot of free throw trips in those, in those four matchups, those four head to head matchups, not a, not a ton of assists, especially this year, last year, Kawhi was able to use that pressure that Royce was giving him to find some other guys. But, you know, bottom line is Royce has guarded Kawhi about as well as anybody and that doesn't mean that that's how the next four to seven games are going to play out, right? I mean, every basketball game is its own universe, and, and we'll see how it unfolds. But Royce does some things extremely well in terms of staying in front, playing him physical. I think that's the type of matchup why you, why you have a Royce O'Neal on your roster. I think this is the type of thing that he is well-equipped to handle, even, by the way, when he faces Paul George, who is, you know, let's not forget the Clippers' second all NBA level talent who even Paul George has only shot two for 13 against Royce O'Neal in the past two seasons. So I, I just, I think that it's going to be, I think Royce is going to be a key player in the series. Um, you know, we're talking about the defensive end right now, but even on offense, Royce is going to be important to keeping those guys honest and making sure that, that he doesn't become sort of a hiding place for guys that the Clippers are looking to, to buy some, <laughs> to buy some rest time against, right? Royce needs to be willing to uh, 
to punish those uh, those helps and those rotations and take advantage of open shots that might come his way in this series. Dan, this is a, a, a matchup, understandably, very different than what Memphis was for the Jazz. For sure. Yeah, Memphis had an incredible star in John Morant that the Jazz had a hard time containing. But beyond him, they did a really nice job defensively, for the most part, with everybody else. L.A., they've got Kawhi Leonard, which will be a really tough cover defensively, although Royce has been doing a pretty decent job with, with him. But the, the big difference here is that L.A. has Paul George. And we've had some... The Utah Jazz have had some great... Uh, matchups against Paul George, and as fans, we've really enjoyed watching him and Joe Ingles get at it. Um, but beyond those two guys, what else does LA have that Jazz fans should be a little bit nervous about? That th- these these are some other players that could get hot and could punish Utah. So so much is the answer to that question. Um, yeah, so the Clippers are really deep, and in particular, they're really deep with guys who can really just stroke the ball. They've got a great shooting roster. They were the number one three-point shooting team in the regular season. Um, that's true. Sorry, just one second. There we go. Sorry, my phone's doing things. Um, that's true in overall terms. That's also true of both above-the-break three-point shots and corner three-point shots. They had seven guys on their regular season roster, you know, rotation regulars who were shooting above 40% from three for the regular season, plus Kawhi Leonard and Patrick Beverly, who were both at 39 point something and basically rounded up to 40%. So they're just, they are a team who they are very good at generating open looks from three and they're very good at canning them. And that's going to be the issue for the jazz. So it's, it's not just one guy. I mean, obviously, you know, Marcus Morris is, is a player who's getting a lot of talk today because um, one of the ways that the Clippers got away from Dallas is by making the, t- the decision to play small and putting Marcus M- Morris in at center and just letting that be awkward for their opponent. And chances are they'll try that at least at times with, with Rudy Gobert and the jazz as well. So, you know, that's important because Marcus Morris is a 47% three-point shooter in the regular season. And and if Rudy has to keep track of him or if someone has to keep track of him, then the floor gets wider for everybody else. But it, but it's not just, it's, it's not about Morris. It's not about it. Like literally everybody on their roster is a guy that they are comfortable with taking a, an, an open look from three. Um, you know, Reggie Jackson will likely start at point guard for them tonight. Um, Patrick Beverly had a bit of an off series against Dallas, but he's a good three point shooter and a, and a really tough defensive player. So they've just got a lot of guys. And, and, you know, if you're the jazz, you have to figure out a way to guard the ball without selling out around the three point perimeter, because that's, that's what the Clippers want teams to do. That's how they, that's exactly how they've been as good as they've been all season is, is just by preying on teams from the outside and, and running pick and roll in the middle of the floor to collapse the defense. And then they just make some of the simplest reads in basketball. And lo and behold, they, they have guys who can knock those down, those shots down. Besides stat wise about Mike Conley being out, what other things does Mike Conley bring to the lineup, the starting lineup that the jazz will miss, especially here in round two versus a veteran starting lineup? Yeah, I think from a scouting perspective, Ajay, I think the thing they'll miss the most is just Mike's ability to make reads, um, especially if the Clippers 
do go to some of those small ball lineups where they're going to be switching more pick and rolls. Um, the Jazz, the Jazz have a, a really unusually high number of pick and roll creators and and guys who can facilitate with the ball in their hands. Right? They have Conley and Donovan Mitchell starting. They have Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles coming off the bench. The, the two finalists for sixth man of the year in the NBA this season. They even have Boyan Bogdanovich, who we don't really think of him as a as a guy who's creating with the ball in his hands, but he can do some second side creation and, you know, respond to what the defense is doing. So the jazz are lucky in that regard. But I think of all those guys, I just mentioned, Mike is the one who just is the most surgical about reading what defenses are doing and, and just picking them apart with, with the right read, the right pass, you know, in the Memphis series, and I threaded some of these videos, in the Memphis series, there were times where Mike was making the pass to an open guy before he was open. Like, he was making a pass based on what he knew a help defender was about to do. And that just that level of being able to read the game and react to it is, is really important in general, but especially if the Clippers start switching pick and rolls and, and start, you know, plugging things up and gumming things up that way. Um, what I will say, though, is that I do think Donovan Mitchell in the four games he played in the Memphis series also just looked patient and and thoughtful in a way I'm not sure we've seen from him in previous postseasons. I, I just think right now he looks like a player who's thinking the game more than he ever has and, and just really understands that if he takes his time and picks his spots, he, he can play a more efficient game. I, I thought he too just really carved up, um, you know, just carved up the Memphis defense. And, and honestly, the Clipper defense is about the same level. Um, the Clippers obviously have more tools on offense, but you know, Memphis was the seventh best defense in the NBA this season and the Clippers are the ninth. So the jazz are facing about the same level of defensive rigor. It's just a question of if they can keep up with the Clippers scoring because both the Clippers and the Jazz are elite at, at their own, you know, shooting at their own basket. Dan Clayton with Salt City Hoops joins us here on the Full Court Press talking about the Utah Jazz, LA Clippers game one tonight, which will be heard right here on the fan uh, a little bit later on this evening. And Dan, there's been some discussion from us uh, leading up to this matchup about how Rudy Gobert can defend in space. If he, if, uh, if Clippers do go small and Morris is, is the center and he's out there trying to hit 45% from three. How often is that going to draw Rudy away from the basket and how well can he defend out on the perimeter? Yeah, it's, it's a great set of questions and, and really like those are the questions that might determine how the series goes. Right. Um, I think, I think if the Clippers start and or finish games with, with the five guys that we're talking about, the, the way they started and closed in those, Two final games against Dallas was with Reggie Jackson at point guard, and then they basically had four guys who are like six, seven, six, eight, and just kind of play positionless basketball. That was Kawhi, Paul George, Nick Batum, and Marcus Morris. I think if the Clippers play that way, the Jazz will probably put Rudy on Nick Batum instead. Um, now, Nick Batum is also a, a great spot-up shooter. He's he's a player who you know he'll hit open ones too. But I, but I just think he's a little bit less lethal than Morris, and so that gives Rudy, you know, chance to maybe venture away by a step or two and still be able to get back to his countryman, Nick Batum, and try to challenge those shots. So that's how I would expect to play that out. But, 
but the question, the broader question here is just what do you, what do the Jazz want from Rudy Gobert in this series, right? Because he has shown over the last couple of seasons that he can guard in space now. He can guard, you know, his, his outcomes, his numbers when he's one-on-one against a guard in isolation. They're up there with the best big men, the, the most switchable big men in the league now. But what that means is that now he's not, you know, standing with two feet in the paint protecting the rim. And that's where he has the most profound impact on the Jazz defense overall. So it becomes a question not of, you know, does he guard Batum, does he guard Morris, and more a question of, you know, how can the Jazz make sure that they're not giving up three-point shots, but that they're also keeping Rudy right in his domain where he can impact, you know, all five Clippers and by by really, you know, just deterring them from getting all the way to the rim. And that's going to be the biggest question in this series. And, and the reason why a lot of people, why there's this myth out there that Rudy is less impactful in the playoffs, I don't believe that at all, but I do believe it's a question of, you know, it's, it's playoff basketball. And in the playoffs, it's all about taking a team out of what they do best and, and forcing them to do the things that they do second best and third best and fourth best. And in Rudy's case, you know, he can guard out on the perimeter when he needs to, but the Jazz would prefer to, to keep their schemes sound, and, and he's just so central to this sort of funneling scheme that they have to try to run three-point shooters off the line and, and limit the shots that make the Clippers so good. I mean, the, the Clippers, I know I'm going long here, so I'll come in for a landing, but the Clippers led the league in the regular season in points per game created off of spot-ups, so, so on spot up shots, they averaged 31.5 points per game in the regular season. That was that was tops in the league. In the playoffs, that's actually gone up. They scored 36 points per game off of spot up shooting in the Dallas series. Now Dallas isn't a great defensive team, but that just tells you that this is a team in in LA that they know what they want to do, and it's largely about creating those looks and and getting their many many good shooters some open shots. Kind of an analysis question here, but I, I remember the team Dallas play a little bit of zone. Would would Utah playing a zone defense if needed? Would that be more successful than what the than what the Mavericks did against the Clippers, or are the Clippers just going to torch that zone too? No, I think it. I think it has to be an option. Um, the the nice thing about a zone is that it does keep Rudy close to the paint, right? And so that's one option that that the Jazz can do to make. To make it so that to make it so that the Clippers rather can't just force Rudy to come out to thirty feet to guard Marcus Morris or Nick Batum or whoever it is. Um, what we've seen historically from Quinn Snyder tells me that they probably won't just go into a mindset where they're guarding in zone for long stretches. You know where that becomes their core defense for a game or a quarter or a half. Um, Usually they go to a zone defense as kind of a change up at different points throughout the game. So I, I think that's more likely than, you know, all right, you know, the Jazz are guarding in zone now for the entire third quarter. I, I think they'll switch in and out of it and it just gives Rudy an opportunity to, as I said before, still impact the paint without selling out on the three point shooters. Uh, with this, uh, it, there's, a lot of stars on on both teams. Uh, great star power with the Clippers and the Jazz. Uh, multiple All Stars from both teams. But in this series, for for Utah, like who's that? Who's that uh, fringe guy? That I mean, maybe not necessarily a fringe guy, but 
somebody who's not a star that needs to play like one for the Jazz to really get this series taken care of? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, well, so, you know, obviously they're going to need huge things from Donovan Mitchell while Mike Conley is out, whatever that looks like. They're going to need Gobert to keep being Gobert, um, especially on the defensive end. But, hey, if the Clippers play small, they're going to need Gobert to be to be willing and able to punish those small ball lineups by trying to get to the rim as much as he can, you know, by slipping pick and rolls or, you know, just getting getting behind the defense enough that it makes the Clippers think twice about those small ball lineups. But that's not really answering your question because those are the two, those are the two marquee <laughs> players. Right. I think, you know, again, um, Royce O'Neal is going to be massively important in this series on both ends of the floor. If you look at how the Clippers guarded Dallas in the last round, they really tried to keep, especially Kawhi, but even Paul George, they really tried to keep Kawhi out of guarding Luka until they just absolutely had no choice left. You know, through those first two games, we didn't see a lot of Kawhi covering Luka directly. So they would put Kawhi on a player like Dorian Finney-Smith or someone like that that didn't need a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of constant attention, and that meant that Kawhi could be a helper and a roamer and just kind of play free on the defensive end. And look, like I said before, if he's going to try that against Royce O'Neal, Royce O'Neal is like a 42% three-point shooter, Royce has to punish him for that. Royce has to be willing to to pull the trigger in a hurry if Kawhi or Paul George or anybody else is going to guard him but not really guard him. If if that doesn't happen, then you've just given the the Clippers a little bit of a hiding spot for some of their for some of their guys to to you know catch their breath on the defensive end and and that's going to really impact the way that the that the court is spaced for the other four Jazzmen. So I think Royce is really important in this matchup. And and Boyan Bogdanovich is going to be as well for offensive creation in whatever games Mike Conley is out. So you might have just answered this question, so forgive me for asking, but a texter just texted in asking, can the Clippers guard Rudy with a small lineup and still be successful? Yeah, so, you know, so for example, in the Dallas series, when um, when the Clippers went to small ball, Dallas's response was to go supersized and just make it awkward for him, right? So they moved Chris Tapps Porzingis, who's like seven foot a million. Um, they moved him <laughs> to power forward and put Boban Marjanovic, who again is enormous, um, in its center. And that meant that Marcus Morris had to body up with Boban Marjanovic. And guess what? He did. Boban shot six for 14 in that series when guarded by Morris. So, you know, to answer the texter's question, like, yeah, you, you can do it. Now, Rudy is more of a threat. I love Boban. He's, he's a funny guy. He's an interesting player. But Rudy is much more of a role threat. He's a little bit more dynamic in, in the sense of, you know, being able to finish now with some one dribble and two dribble moves, something he didn't have in his bag even two or three years ago. But to Rudy's credit, he's developed that stuff. And so, you know, he's, he's someone, it's a little bit harder to just guard him by like getting into his body and keeping him off the rim. But I think a lot of it is going to come down to the guards making the right reads because Rudy is not a guy as much as I love Rudy. And I'm probably on planet earth. I'm probably one of the top 10 guys who has been shouting for years that Rudy Gobert is a super duper star. Like I think Rudy is great. He's fantastic, but he's still not a guy who can just go create his own shot whenever he wants to. So it's not going to be a situation where the Jazz go, oh, Morris is guarding Gobert or Nick Batum is guarding Gobert. 
dump the ball into the post and let him go to work. That that has historically been a pretty inefficient way for the Jazz to use a possession. So I think instead what you're going to have to see is the guards making quick reads in pick and roll and getting the ball to go bare early on those situations where maybe he's slipping behind the defense. So uh, the this series, um, <laughs> national pundits everywhere picking the Clippers on this one. And I... I can understand why. I mean, the Utah Jazz have never been the sexy pick and probably never will be. But what I mean, what are the odds in your mind for the Jazz to really to, to pull this off and, and to win this series and defy the odds that are being placed against them? Yeah, you know, I've I've seen kind of a mixed bag. So um I think on the ESPN column where they have their various pundits place predictions, I think I think nine of them took the Clippers and seven of them took the Jazz or something like that. Um, there are a lot of statistical models out there that take some of the emotion out of it, and just evaluate based on, you know, what we've seen from certain players and teams. And those models, I think, have like 538, for example, has the Jazz at 54% to win the series, the Clippers at 46. So, you know, I, I've seen, I think it's, I think it's a mixed bag, but I think pretty much everybody has it as more or less a coin toss. I think it's going to be really close. And, um, the Jazz do have some things that are going to work to their advantage. I know we've been talking mostly about the Clippers because we're trying to educate listeners who, who may see the Clippers less often than they see the Jazz. But the Jazz certainly have their advantages too. And, you know, look, let's start with the fact that Donovan Mitchell has been pray- playing basketball at a pretty special level um, this postseason and last postseason. If you combine the Memphis series with last year's Denver series, Donovan is averaging more than 34 points per 36 playoff minutes in the last two postseasons. And I don't know if he'll keep that up against the Clippers. The Clippers have a lot of big bodies that can drape themselves around Donovan and make his life harder. But even if he's anywhere close to that, that's just such a great starting point for the Jazz to have a superstar who can impact the game so much on offense and bend opposing defenses, and another superstar who just is a defensive scheme unto himself in Gobert. So, you know, I, I don't know where I'd personally put the odds, but it does feel like a coin toss series to me, and that's partially why I'm so excited for this game to tip to tip off at 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Um, I, I just think we're really, I think this is a heavyweight battle. I think that there's a good chance that these are the two best teams left standing, and, you know, a lot of macro indicators from the regular season. There's just that the Clippers and the Jazz are the cream of the crop. We're talking about the number one and two teams in net rating, the number one and two teams in effective field goal percentage for the regular season. Um, these are just teams that have been consistently good for a really long time. And, you know, the, the bummer is that at the end of this series, one of them is going to have to go home, even though they might be the second best team in the league. Uh, but that's, that's just the way the playoffs work. So bring it on and, and we'll see what these two teams have in store for us. Dan, you've been so gracious with your time. We can't thank you enough for doing so. By the way, one more question. How good is that Brooklyn Nets team right now? Did we lose you, Dan? I lost you guys. Can you hear me? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I was just going to, uh, just one final question from me. How impressive is that Brooklyn Nets team right now? Uh, I think we've lost Dan, and that might be... There he goes. <laughs> that is that is Dan saying, you've got me on for long enough. Goodbye. I'm done. <laughs> Big thank to Dan Clay for being a part of the show. Greatly appreciate him. We're going to take a break, come back. Great news. Big news coming from Utah State Athletics. 
We're going to get to what that is here on 106 on the fan. It's the full court press with Eric Franson and AJ Selvison. We're talking college, right? Just, yeah, college. just college. Oh, I'm taking Alex Smith all day. Nope, Tim Tebow. Alex Smith would have done what I Tim know, Tebow man. did at Florida. No, I want you to watch the Tim Tebow speech. Oh my, I'm not going to sit here and watch highlight videos. If of you're going to be wrong, why did you, you watch highlight videos of Alex Smith then? I know what Alex. Well, I know what Tim Tebow was too. Tim I Tebow him. is one of the greatest college players, players of all time. Weekdays from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Behind Utah's most successful businesses is a whole lot of technology making them run. Behind that technology is Les Olson Company, your local office technology partner. With everything from copiers and printers to IT services and even computers and document management software, Les Olson Company has all the tools your business needs to do more. Need office technology? Partner with Les Olson Company. Visit lesolson.com slash tech. Les Olson Company. This is for those who always show they care. Who told their kids everyone 12 and older is eligible for a COVID vaccine. Those who explain to their cousins that vaccines prevent nearly 100% of hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. This is for the ones protecting those they love. Thank you. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. <laughs> I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, don't tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Full Court Press. Eric Franson, I'm Ajay Salson. Thanks for joining us, however, wherever you're doing so. Appreciate you all. We're going to get to a few texts here that we've had come in. If you have more texts, talking jazz basketball, 435-339-0321. What's your predictions for tonight's game? Game one, no Mike Conley, uh, no Serge Ibaka for the Clippers. Great stuff from Dan, by the way. Great fool for yeah, him joining really us. Yeah, really good. That was really good stuff. Uh, what is your prediction for tonight for game one for the Utah Jazz and LA Clippers? Do the Jazz get game one? Vegas line has Jazz by three. That's for entertainment purposes. Um, well, for me, you, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'd take the Jazz, the cover. Really? I think it'll be within, I think it'll be a single digit uh, game, but I think the Jazz win. I think the Jazz win by 
I'm going to say, uh, I almost said six. I want to say five. Give me a score. Uh, I'm going to say Jazz 115, Clippers 110. Fair enough. I'm going to go, it's going to be a defensive battle. You're not going to see the 123 to one or 131 to 123 games. I just don't think you're going to see that in these kind of things. Maybe I'll be wrong. Um, boy, without Mike Conley, it really does scare me, Eric, a lot. Uh, you need that veteran's presence of leadership, a guy who you know, has dance that can get you into something and do an offense, get the guys in the right spots, and create. I'm really, really, really worried. I'm going to say Jazz 103, Clippers 102. Oh, wow. To the wire. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's going to be no breathing room in this one. All right, a couple of texts that have come through here that we haven't had a chance to get through. Yeah, let's hit them. Um, this is from um, the Guild Mortgage text line. This is from... Um, oh, you already read that one. I'm skipping over. Uh, this is from 3426. Uh, remember, it did catch up to Memphis. They were very ran down the last two games of the series. This is talking about the uh, rest of uh, you know having time off between series. And he had the stat that blew his mind. He says the Nets were up by 49 in a playoff game. It's the playoffs. <laughs> Come on, Milwaukee. Have some pride. Yes. <laughs> Three, four, two, six. Also with a score prediction, Jazz 117, Clippers 111. Okay, good. Love to get more predictions. 4781 on the Guild Mortgage text line. Jazz 107, Clippers 89. Don't at me. <laughs> Whoa. I love it. Confidence, baby. Big time blowout. I love it. I love it. That'd be fun. 2603. I think the Jazz come out firing and win by 20. Final score with Jazz 125, Clippers 105. I love this. It gives me hope. It gives me hope. Because you didn't have any hope yesterday. Well, no, I didn't have you any hope. You were Mr. Debbie Downer no, hold yesterday. Hold on. I didn't have any hope for the series. I had hope for, for game one. So suddenly today you've turned over a new leaf. That, I, I still think they're going to win game one? What are you talking about? Yeah, I love it. I, this is good. It gives me hope. I'm optimistic. Yeah, give me hope like that we're going to win game one because Mike Conley's not playing. I thought Mike Conley was playing. So Mike Conley's out and you're getting hope. No, because I still picked the Jazz. I said I said the Jazz yesterday. The Jazz would win Game One. I thought they would lose Game Two. And if the Jazz lose, guess what? I'm going to be right. Hey, just a quick aside. Uh, looks like Nikola Jokic is going to get the MVP. All the reports are that he's going to win. Wet my pants. Uh, he will be the first in Nuggets history to win the MVP. First from Serbia. First second rounder since the NBA ABA merger, the first center since Shaquille O'Neal won the MVP back in 2000, and he's the lowest drafted player to ever become the MVP. Uh, see, Kayla Manser tweets in to uh, here to uh, both you and I, Eric. He says, "I think the Clippers have an advantage of playing more recently. It might take the Jazz a little time to get back into rhythm, especially without Mike Conley." Clippers 116, Jazz 108. Ooh. That's a realistic prediction. Look, it, it's a that could be a problem. They are in rhythm. They were on a they've been used to playing every other day. There was travel involved. Uh their last two games, they played really well. They know how to win on the road. Yeah, those are all things to be nervous about, that's for sure. 
Let me ask you, what makes you more nervous, uh, Eric? The Jazz not playing for a few days or the Jazz without Mike Conley? Say that one more time. What makes you more nervous? The Jazz not playing for a few days while the Clippers are coming off a Game 7 win on Sunday or the Jazz not having Mike not Conley? Not having Conley? Um, not having Conley. I think just having that decision-making, having somebody that can direct traffic in tense moments, I think that makes a big difference, not having him there. And it's not that other guys can't, but it changes your rotations, and it doesn't make the team as deep. So in that second unit that's out there, uh, it, it's it's changed now because Joe Ingles now is in the starting lineup. So that that concerns me more than anything. Jimbo Slice, not to be dramatic, but if the Utah Jazz don't win game one, I'm going to go buy a family-sized bag of M&Ms, bring it home, pour the whole bag into a bowl, and throw the whole bowl into our spinning league fan. <laughs> <laughs> not to be dramatic. <laughs> I miss those. Oh, man. You know what else I miss, Eric? Is full fan, full-capacity crowds. The herd, the spectrum being loud and raucous. Uh, the, the Maverick having lots of fans. I don't know if it was ever sold out, but having lots of fans. The potential. The potential to have lots of fans. The potential. Very intriguing. Ladies and gentlemen, Utah State Athletics has announced that they will accept capacity crowds for both men's basketball and football, as well as women's basketball as well. Uh, they'll have full capacity crowds. Um, that is awesome. It is so good to have that back. Right. 100% capacity is allowed. Utah State's making that announcement. Utah State Athletics making that announcement just this afternoon. Um, don't know that every seat will be filled, but you have the opportunity to. And look, I think this is going to be a pretty exciting football team this year. I think it'll be better than what some people will give them credit for initially. Media days, when they happen next month, will be really interesting to see where people pick the various teams in the Mountain West. Yes, there's been a lot of coaching football. changes. Yep. We don't know what teams look like post COVID. Um, so uh, you have the super seniors who's coming back on various teams and a lot of transfers. So I'm really interested to see what that what that looks like. But I really like this Utah State football team how it's developing. I think there's still some really big question marks at the quarterback position, how that develops, what the running back situation is going to look like. Uh, the def defensive line. But all that being said, really excited for this upcoming football season and the fact that if you want a ticket to go watch Utah State football, the only restriction will be if there are any seats still available. Um, not that uh, they're going to, they're not putting any caps on it, no restrictions. It's 100% all open for both football and basketball. So that's exciting. Really exciting announcement from Utah State this afternoon. It's awesome. I can't wait. 9995 text in. He says, Clippers 116, Jazz 107. Sometimes rest isn't always a good thing, but to win, the Jazz need to win the three ball, which might be tough against the Clippers defense. Fair enough. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that. Yeah, I mean it's a rest versus rust. Like is rest uh, the uh, a really good thing? I think especially if you have a veteran lineup, older players, that rest is like worth its weight in gold. If you've got a younger team, 
You don't want them to rest too long. You want to keep them in rhythm, yep. keep in their routines, get used to this is when we practice, this is when we travel, this is when we play. This is when we practice, this is when we travel, this is when we play. Um, I don't think that the Jazz are an old team. They're not a young team. They're, they are a team with experience. Like They've been to the playoffs a lot the last several years. So they know what it takes. They've been in the second round a couple different times with this current unit. Um, so, look, it, I think that they will have learned their lessons from uh, how they were a little bit, uh, what's the right term I'm looking for? They just didn't have the right punch in game one against the Memphis uh, Grizzlies. I think they're going to be different. They'll learn their lessons from uh, how they kind of let that one get away from them in game one from the first round, and they'll be better uh, tonight as they open up the second round. Yeah, it's going to be kind of interesting. Again, game one tonight, 8 o'clock TNT. No Mike Conley. Jazz uh, are going to be absent without him, but Serge Ibaka is absent for the Clippers. Go ahead. Oh, one other cool thing that uh, I saw today. um, David Locke, the voice of the Utah Jazz. Okay. We'll hear his pregame coverage starting at about 7.50 tonight. Uh Uh-huh. He uh, is at the home games for the Jazz now in person. Oh, really? And... Uh, and he was in the in the first round from Memphis, but in this this round he will actually travel. You're gonna let him travel with Good. the team That's and call cool. the games in person at the Staples Center. So really cool that the Jazz have figured that out and make that happen. It makes a big difference. It does when you're there in yeah, person. It, it, it definitely matters. I mean, you've seen guys like Marv Albert call a game in remote, and it's just. Marvel Albert's already bad, but <laughs> yeah, it's a lack, it remote. It lacks so much emotion. It's, it's so bad, dude. Energy. Yeah. Uh, 4781 on our Guild Mortgage text line. If Bogey and Donovan are both attacking the rim viciously, Clippers won't be able to stop the Jazz attack. They will focus double teaming one player and get exposed. Ooh. That's, you know, Bogdanovich could be one of those real X factors in agree. this series. If he, if his outside shot isn't working, um, I really like how he kind of changed his game the last month of the regular season, uh, attacking the rim, backing guys down, taking advantage of his size. Uh, they're going to need more of that in this series. They're, they have to have all hands on deck uh, in this one. And uh, Bogey could be a real big difference maker. Huge difference maker, too. You're going to need him to play really, really well. Uh, just There's no way you don't. Uh, speaking of Mike Conley's situation, Quinn Snyder, of course, his first question was about Mike Conley. And here's his thoughts on the whole Mike Conley situation of when he can come back or if you, how it affects him not being back how it affects the lineup and such here. It's kind of a long answer, and Quinn Snyder, he speaks on a whole another level <laughs> when it comes to basketball. So if you don't comprehend it, you're not the only one. Here's Mike, uh, or excuse me, here's Coach Snyder on uh, Mike Conley's situation. Really no different than, than when we've had these discussions previously. There's always um, a process that you go through, um, particularly, you know, with an injury like this where it's, something that's being constantly treated and monitored, um, you know, and trying to find a right bounce when um, he's able to come back and come back effectively. So as far as practice goes, um, obviously this morning being game day, uh, you do less in practice and, you know, he's doing things that that he's capable of doing that are part of his rehabilitation process. So um, obviously, you know, Mike's a huge part of who we are. I think in particular when you have a team uh, that is switching one through five, I I don't think, you know, I've gotten, you know, 
a number of questions about, you know, game plan and tactics and things like that. And, you know, typically those aren't things that coaches necessarily, you know, discuss during the course of a series, particularly on the front end. But in this case, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any mystery that um, if you watch the Dallas series, the Clippers have played small um, with Morris at the five or Batum at the five. However, um, you want to identify those positions. So in Mike's case, he's someone that, that's able, you know, to attack a switch, to get in the lane. And that's something for us collectively, I think that we're going to continue to have to figure out as a team. Um, there's really no mystery to that for us. Um, you know, people would prefer that Rudy not stand under the rim and whether they put him in the strong corner, you know, in, on the wing in the high quadrant. Um, those are things that, that we've seen and have prepared for, for, you know, for a long time because they've happened during the course of a season. So to the extent that um, any player's absence impacts you um, and particularly against, you know, a given opponent, um, obviously, we're a matchup that the Clippers felt like was an advantageous matchup for them. Um, you know, whether they play small the whole game or not, you know, that's probably not the case because Zubac is an excellent player. Um, Ty is one of the best people, um, one of the best coaches in the league um, at being, being willing to, to make adjustments, whether it be in games uh, or between games. Uh, so many of those things that you know, we're actually prepared for um, on some level. Uh, that doesn't mean, you know, that it's easy in any way, shape or form. Um, and certainly Mike's absence, hopefully we can get him back soon. Um, not just because of, you know, this matchup and how, how the game will feel, but because, you know, he, he's been, he's been terrific the, the whole year on both ends of the floor. So, um, you know, that's a little more of an extended version of, um, of Mike being out tonight. Hopefully we get him back, you know, as quickly as possible. But again, those things, you know, are, are hard to predict. And, you know, hopefully we can, if you still want to ask me game plan questions, I'm happy to try to comply. Um, but in anticipation of a lot of those that have been coming and, and will continue to come, hopefully that gives us a, a head start. He's like, you know, I'm just going to answer it once because I'm going to get it again. So here we go. Here's your answer. <laughs> and the other, and the other thing is, it was so nice to hear him say, "Well, you know, it's not a secret that, you know, Marcus Morris is and the Clippers want to play small line to get Rudy out of the out of the paint." And I'm like, oh, he knows. Okay, good. I'm glad he knows. I just I, I didn't know if he knew <laughs> Clippers like to play small lineup and they want to get Rudy out of the paint. Yeah, he. But it it just felt so comforting <laughs> for him to say it like it's not a secret. We understand. We know that. And I'm like. Oh, okay. We're good. We're good. <laughs> we're gonna be all right. <laughs> At least we know they're seeing what we're seeing. Yeah, you know because and they're always seeing more than we're seeing. I guarantee that. <laughs> Look, Quinn Snyder is a doggone genius. He's a he's a genius. He's smart. He undersees these things way ahead of time. So when he's sitting there watching that Mavericks game, the Clip or the Mavericks and Clippers game seven, he's like, "Oh, okay. So here's what they want to do. They want to pin Gobert into the corner, as he would call the strong corner, which would be Marcus Morris's uh, or Mark or Morris's favorite place to shoot from the corner in the three. They want to pin him in the corner and and, and make him get uncomfortable, and then allow someone, whether it's a guard, whether it's Jackson, Leonard, PG, to be able to cut to the paint where there's no restriction there, and get an easy bucket." Um, 
you're right. It is going to be huge that Royce O'Neal plays well tonight. But it just we're going to find out how good of a recovery defender Rudy Gobert really is tonight. We're going to find out how good he is. Yeah, uh, that's true. Hey, uh, just uh, there's some results that are out for the MVP. We know that Nicole Jokic got the MVP. Reports yeah. were that he was going to get it. Looks like he got 91 first place votes. The number two guy, Steph Curry, five votes. That's the margin. It was never a contest. But the rest is what's interesting. Chris Paul got two votes. Joel Embiid got one vote. Giannis Antetokounmpo got one vote. And Derek Rose got one vote. Derek Rose. Hey, if you agree with Steph Curry being in the MVP voting, you probably agree with Derek Rose. What decade are we living in? Yeah, you agree with it. You know it too. You like it. MV- Derek Rose is an MVP? Hey, you Come hey, on. Eric, you think that Steph Curry's an MVP candidate? You're getting Derek Rose then, buddy. No. I hope you enjoy Derek this. Derek Rose isn't even the best player on his own team. You're, you're getting exactly what you wanted. Hey, uh, eight seven three nine text into the show. If the Jazz shoot sees an average on three, we will win. If not, it will be close. Season average. Yeah? I could see that. Uh, we got to take a break coming up, and then we'll wrap it up here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is The Herd. The winner in this is also Colin Cowherd. Aaron has 17 fourth quarter wins. Oh, Colin, that's because they don't trail much. Neither does Russell Wilson, and he's got 35% more than Aaron. Joe Flacco has more than Aaron. Andy Dalton has more than Aaron. Aaron is not a foxhole guy. He sours very quickly. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Better weather, longer days, and the urge to get outside. Spring has sprung. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical, and we'd love to help you scoot into spring and enjoy $200 off our high-quality scooters. Bringing wellness home is our motto, so also enjoy $200 off our best-selling lift chairs. For locations and information, visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. Doctors Blotter, Benyon, and Robinette of Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat are excited to announce Ascent Aesthetics in their new Providence location next to the Bank of Utah. The staff at Ascent Aesthetics consider themselves educators first, helping you to feel confident, beautiful, and refreshed. Stop and meet the amazing staff and learn why you can trust Ascent Aesthetics with Botox, fillers, skin care, microneedling, laser hair removal, medical-grade facials, and more. Go to AscentAesthetics.com. That's AscentAesthetics.com for more details. They look forward to meeting This is Larry at Larry's Pharmacies. Are you struggling with all your medicine? Did you take this morning's dose or not? We at Larry's Pharmacy have the perfect solution. Let us help you organize your meds so that you take it exactly as your doctor prescribed for the most benefit. Just punch out the meds from the organized packets at the clearly labeled time and you're done. This is a free service and a big help for those on many meds or who struggle to open and close bottles. We also offer free delivery service. Stay well. 
Hi, this is Ashley with LSS Insurance. Be our guest June 17th, the third Thursday at 7 p.m. to learn all about Medicare and Social Security. Planning ahead will give you the confidence you need to make these important decisions. Come see us June 17th at 7 p.m. at our office by the North Walmart. Call 752-9493. The seminar is free. The information is extremely valuable. Call 752-9493 to RSVP as seating is limited. If you live in the south end of the valley, no doubt you've noticed the historical Hiram Granary taking an important role in our new Cache Valley Bank location. I'm Catherine Buse, branch manager. Keeping in touch with our history while looking to the future is part of Cache Valley Bank's mission. Hiram is Cache Valley Bank's seventh location in the valley. Join us for food and giveaways as we celebrate our Hiram Branch grand opening June 26th. Cache Valley Bank, member FDIC. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Game two, game one tonight. Clippers Jazz, 8 o'clock TNT. You can hear the Bredo broadcast live David Locke will be there live, as Eric said. He'll be there in person for the Los Angeles uh, games as well inside the Staples Center. What a it, That's awesome. That's great. Game one tonight, 8 o'clock on TNT. Hey, uh, just real quickly, um, every now and then you might hear us talk about something that another station in our group is doing, and we want to make sure we highlight that so you don't miss it. Okay. But our sister station, KVNU, is hosting a statewide radio broadcast with Governor Spencer Cox coming up at the, the top of the next hour. So oh, it's cool. 6 o'clock um, there. It's called Direct Link with Governor Cox. It's going to be on radio stations around the state. And uh, different stations take turns hosting it. And tonight, it's our very own Jason Williams and our KVNU crew we're hosting that. So that starts at six o'clock if you're interested in that kind of stuff. That's cool. Um, so really cool honor that we get to be able to host that. They do a really good job over there. Very professional team. Um, but quick question for you, Ajay. I think it's pretty safe to to assume the Royce O'Neal, Kawhi Leonard is probably the biggest defensive matchup tonight. But beyond that, what are the other key matchups in your mind tonight and in this series for the Utah Jazz? Whoever guards Donovan Mitchell, what can Donovan Mitchell do? He's going to have to score. He's going to have to score often. You know that, whether it's an ISO. Look, I'm not a big fan of his ISO stuff, but, man, what he did <laughs> in some of those plays where it was ISO ball and the way he's able to create is phenomenal. Um, Joe Ingles versus Paul George is going to be massive. If you can keep Paul George quiet and make Kawhi Leonard do everything, I like the Jazz chances. Joe Ingles is going to have to be good defensively because, you know, Royce getting the quiet matchup. I would imagine Joe gets the PG matchup for now until Mike comes back. Um, so Donovan versus whoever in ISO and Joe Ingles versus PG-13 are the two matchups that really stand out to me. I think that somebody that really needs to have a big series is Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, the yeah. Jazz did not have him last year in, the, in their playoff yep. run, and they missed him. He was no, It was a notable absence. I think if he can have a big series for them, Man, that can mean a really big Boy, does this spread the court difference. for you and everything. Yeah. Hey, uh, no Jordan Clarkson on this answer. Bench player needs to come off and play well. I, I, you, we like to tease about him, but I really think George, George Yang, Yang has to be that I'm guy. I'm with you. 
Do you think we see Trent Forrest at all without Mike Conley? Please tell me no. I don't know. Please tell me no. I don't know if he can handle this. Yeah. He may be, because if he's on the court, L.A. will target him. Oh, all day. You have to give Ty Ty Lue credit for that, that uh, they will find a way to target your your most vulnerable defender. And if uh, Forrest is out there, he will be targeted. They'll find ways to switch and uh, target him. So I don't think he's going to see minutes. Mie Oni might get into the rotation, but it's going to be a pretty tight uh, rotation, I think, for the Utah Jazz in this series until they kind of see where things are. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. I expect this series, and I love what Dan said, it's a shame that we're going to have a loser after seven games or however many games it's going to take. Uh, this is two of the best teams with two really, really good coaches. Uh, you got two great defensive mind uh, players in Kawhi Leonard, Rudy Gobert. Uh, you've got good benches on both sides. It's it's gonna it's gonna mean a matter of turnovers, you know, short, you know, hustle plays and such. Uh, this this could be a good one. We're gonna recap it for you tomorrow again. You can hear live on this station pregame at 7:50. Jazz Clippers tonight on TNT. We'll have the recap and much more analysis for you tomorrow. Enjoy game one of the Clippers and the Jazz.